This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. And as our friend John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. So make sure you check out theropetrainer.com today. Uh, a wonderful training aid and device that you've uh, heard me tout on this show now for quite some time. I'm a believer in it and, and what it does. And uh, more importantly, I'm a believer in the guys behind it. Uh, you guys all know that uh, Earl Perrin, Chris Verna, you've heard them both on the show before. You've heard John Smoltz. Uh, talk about why he's decided to to get behind this product. I really want to encourage you to make sure you check it out. That's theropetrainer.com. Um, each and every week, you guys hear from Kurt McNabb. Um, he does the rope report. Does a great job, as I've said once uh, once or twice on here. They couldn't have picked a better guy to use to uh, to help with the answer the questions that you guys basically asked. You know, hey Jim, I like the the concept, but I I'm, I'm really not familiar with exactly what I should be doing with it. Um, they couldn't have picked a better guy as a spokesman for him here on the show. And you know he's about more than just that. He's about baseball. He's a, he's a real down-to-earth guy that cares about helping kids and, and trying to get the most out of them and help them get the most out of their abilities. So uh, very fortunate to have him a part of the show each and every week. And, uh, and I've asked him to join us this week. He's actually going to be with us here in just a couple of minutes. Um, catch up with what's going on with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. He's had an interesting year, did some traveling abroad uh, with some baseball stuff and just – enjoyed some personal time and he's just got a lot of interesting things going on i always like talking to people from different parts of really the world but mainly you know this hemisphere i guess but uh, just to see the differences and how people have to uh, do the things they do to try to get better at this wonderful game that we call baseball it applies to all sports because everybody has their different challenges based on where you live like if you were a hockey player you can only imagine that you know, really, you probably have a lot more resources up north than you do way down south. So baseball, same thing for you people that live out in Colorado or Florida or, or down south. You understand that you know, you're afforded the opportunity to really be outside and, and be more in those situations than the people up north. So I'm always interested uh, to get the different thoughts from people that are challenged with the adversity type stuff to say, hey, we're not going to let a little minus 30 and a foot of snow on the ground stop us from getting better so I, I just think that that stuff's intriguing to me and it does go to show that there really should be no obstacles if you really care about what you're doing and and you want to get better so again he's a great uh, I've had him on before he's a great guest I'm looking forward to having him on again today and letting you guys hear from him as like I said uh, you know he couldn't have picked a better guy you can hear the passion in his voice about what he does, and that, at the end of the day, is what we're looking for here at Youth Baseball Talk. Uh, before we go to him, though, I want to remind everybody to make sure you check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. It's where you can listen to this current episode, obviously, or you can catch up some back episodes. I, I again, want to tell the listeners how much I appreciate, for the new listeners especially, or the people that are, are still with us and haven't listened to all of them. You guys seem to, like, when you find the show, go back and listen to every episode, and I know we're up to 100-something episodes now. Thank you so much for doing that. It makes us feel good to know that the content is, I guess, for lack of a better term, evergreen. Uh, some of the stuff is great, and, and I've had the opportunity to have some wonderful guests on over the years. Some of the episodes you could go back and listen to 10 times and feel like you learn something new every time. So thank you for doing that. makes us feel a little bit like Netflix here. You can do some binge listening. But, um, again, you can do all that at youthbaseballtalk.com. The other thing you can do there is you can um, 
you can subscribe to the show, which is completely free, and you'll get a little notification on your mobile device, and the show will be ready for you to listen to at your convenience. So uh, really, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, last thing I'll ask you to do at our website, uh, especially with Christmas coming around, you can hit the Amazon link on the right side, do your online shopping, especially for the holidays, through our website. Once you click that, you're done with us, but if you do all your shopping that way, we get a very small referral and kind of helps us out with the show production costs and things like that. So um, if you would do that, we would greatly appreciate it. Follow us on our social media sites, at Podcast Baseballs, where you'll find us on Twitter, Youth Baseball Talk on Instagram, and of course, Youth Baseball Talk on Facebook. Our ask there is that you follow all of our social media platforms. Uh, jump in the conversations when you see us. We try to share some of the things that we like, some of the things that we see, the inspirational tweets, quotes. If we see some instructional stuff that we think is great, uh, some of the hot stuff that's going on, we'll share that. Jump in the conversation with us and be a part of the movement here. Uh, our real ask there is that when you see the show posted on there, if you guys would retweet it, share it on Facebook, just in an effort to reach more people that we assume you're a part of in the wonderful community of baseball. So uh, that's our ask there. And last but not least, special thanks to all the gang at lineupmedia.fm for helping put this show together for us, making it sound as uh, minorly professional as it is. Uh, our, my producer, Brian Crock and, and associate producer, Andrew Allen, do a wonderful job with the show. Couldn't do it without them. Um, they put all the segments you hear together from all the great people that send in their stuff for you guys to listen to, to to, to put it all together and make it kind of flow. And again, lineupmedia.fm, they are the fastest growing podcast company on the planet. Check them out. They take your entertainment time very seriously. I promise you that you will find another podcast there that's worth your entertainment time. Okay, let's get to it today. Like I said, I'm, I'm real excited about today's guest. I, I have the opportunity to talk to this gentleman from time to time. And I got to tell you, he's the kind of guy, and for you out there that know him or have ever dealt with him, you're going to know exactly what I mean when I say this. I don't care what's going on. It could be raining outside. It could be snowing. It could be 105 degrees. I don't care what is going on. But when you have a conversation with this guy, whether it's five minutes or 30 minutes, when you get off the phone, you feel like I'm ready to go. Like, what can we do? Like, let's go do something today around the game of baseball let's go hit let's go field let's go get better let's work let's do something and that's what he brings to this and i can only imagine that this crew that he's built uh, up in the north area and all the people that he affects probably feel the same way and that's what draws them to him and that's the wonderful kurt mcnab from dirtbag baseball nation kirk what's going on bud not too much just uh, grinding and ready for the next season uh just like you said jim uh First off, yeah, thanks for having me on again. It has been a couple of months and uh, a few things on the go over the uh, timeline, but I always enjoy coming back and uh, being a part of your program and, and just getting out to the fans like you were saying in that. Uh, it's, it's great to even watch uh, your baseball talk evolve over the uh, time that I've been on here. And, you know, and, and it should be evolving, doing great things. You, you always got uh, phenomenal guests and, and just, it's exciting to listen for me even every week and I pick up something new and exciting from the guys um, and even some of the guys that I already know, but uh, there's always something new and exciting with it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, as far as ourselves, uh, the program that I was with uh, when I first met you and stuff like that, I uh, stepped down from them this year and uh, really branched out. I had to really give uh, Dirtbag Baseball Nation an opportunity and, and it was, you know, through my own personal belief, my uh, my own two kids, but uh, a lot of the people that I work with uh, said, you know, you're crazy not to. Um, you're passionate about it, you love it, uh, and, and we love the fact that you really grind the uh, mental mental understanding into, you know, us as players or, or our children as parents, and even enlighten them that you encourage us to be staying around when you're doing uh 
instructions or development programs or clinics and stuff like that. Uh, you're unique in the fact that you encourage us to go or to stay and be a part of it instead of, you know, go and get your coffee and read a book and come back in an hour or two hours or whatever we're done at program. So, again, thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, we both are familiar with a gentleman that I think a lot of, um, for sure, uh, when it comes to the mental portion of the game, and that's Steve Springer. I think a lot of people know Steve. They're familiar with his work. Um, you know, the one thing I learned when I first met Steve and, and did my research on him because I was excited to have him on the show is that as a, you know, I, I looked at it from all different angles. I looked at it from the coaching angle. I looked at it from the youth baseball talk angle. But more importantly, I looked at it from the parent angle. And what I found was that we spend a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of focus on the physical aspect of baseball. And what I, you know, came to realize over time was and again, this doesn't apply to everybody because, let's face it, it's not a fair world. So not everybody has the same abilities and athleticism as some other kids. They just don't. But a lot of times the thing that separates a lot of the kids that can really play the game is the mental side. And we spend so much time on the physical side that we don't realize that what ultimately separates a lot of these guys is the mental part of the game. And I'm not just talking about, you know, I'm not just talking about your mental approach at the plate, guys. I'm talking about the mental part of everything that's involved with it the dedication the work ethic the the love all the things that go with it you know I, again it doesn't make it wrong if you don't have that it's just another thing that goes into kind of like a part of the recipe if you will does that sound right am i am i making sense kirk you're bang on um you know the more and the older i've gotten the more focus i've got on the uh, importance of the mental part of it um you know, I, I've been preaching about uh, learning uh, long-term sustainable success for players, parents, coaches, organizations as a whole. But it's got to be through the mental training part of it. we got to identify, you know, how do we learn? How do we learn as coaches? How do we learn as parents? How do we learn as players? And until we understand that, we really can't move forward with the full potential that we have or, or the full potential that we can instruct or teach even until we understand what our audience, how they think, how they, they do that. And I understand the part that coaches or parents or whoever it is get frustrated and, you know, I don't have time for that. And that's a shame because, again, it leads back to baseball. It doesn't lead back to an area within baseball. It leads back to baseball and what makes the game so phenomenal and what we've preached over the last 100, 150 years of the game. And, you know, until we can get that understanding and then how people learn so we can instruct them, auditorial, uh, video, you know, analytical, it's just, we're just, we can only get so far and it's called unsustainable because once, if I'm working with you, let's say, Jim, and once I leave, I want you to continue to succeed wherever you are in the world or whatever level you're playing. But if I've only done it physically, you don't understand why you're doing it or how come you need to keep doing it? But when I can get inside your head and keep doing it that way, do much the same as what Springer does on the hitting side of things. I mean, he's a ball of energy that we all know that, and it's fun and it's awesome to just sit there and let the big guy roll. But at the end of the day, he really brings your stress level down, your confidence up, and he understands it's a journey. It's not a sprint. And that's what I always get back to. This, this game has to be a journey. And when you understand that, then everything comes down and you just enjoy the game, not 
you know, oh my God, how do I get my kid to perfect game? Or how do I get my kid to this showcase? Or how do I get this? And put that stress back up on yourself as parents, coaches, players. It's unnecessary. So, you know, that, that mental thing, I'm so glad when you talk about that all the time, Jim, and, and so passionate about it. Um, in every walk of life, like even with the rope trainer and then having me do the rope report, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, it's about the rope trainer, but I'm trying to enlighten people that, you know, enjoy the process. This is a tremendous training aid that can help you out. For one example, this example of, of throwing, but I even changed it with uh, Earl and Chris uh, that does the uh, training, as we all know. And I said, look, we got to quit talking about arm health and, and arm mechanics and stuff like that. We got to start educating them that it's the body. It's the body doing the work to lessen the load on the arm. And so we can, we, we see people all over the place, for example, on the throwing end, you know, talk throwing, 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 throwing. But you can get the whole body and understand, really understand how it works. You're just, you're just, you're just throwing plain and simple you're throwing and of course in the day and age that we live in everybody's throwing for the radar guy so what are you doing you're ramping it up and trying to get that arm going as fast as you possibly can because you think in your head you're being taught in your head it's the arm well no the arm is just doing the result of the body it's the last thing holding the ball so until we can get that kind of education going and moving you know I, I think I, what we talked about before Jim I feel like you're running on a treadmill you're running and running but you're not getting anywhere well, so I'm you, trying to change that. You, and you know what's funny about you saying that is I, I, was t- I had a conversation with somebody the other day. You know, way back when, and, and, you know, and way back when is really not that long ago, and it still goes on today, a lot of the people that are involved in the teaching of, of the game of baseball, just like other sports, tend to be people that played a lot. You know, I, you, know you get some people that, that didn't play much, and God bless them, but you get a lot of guys that used to play a lot. Well, I, the thing is, things have really changed a lot. Some of the guys that are involved in this at an extremely high level, you, you find out. When you start hearing about their background, I find this really interesting. You know, he played here, or he did that, or he did this. But then, man, some of these guys that are really, really good at what they do, the, the next thing you hear is, and I spent X amount of years studying kinesiology, and, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a minute, I find that intriguing. And then what we're learning is, is that these people that are taking this thing to a complete another level are people that understand how the body works. Because, you know, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect sometimes when it comes to teaching kids. And I, and I don't know, you know, I've always said that showing a kid versus telling him sometimes is very helpful. But explaining to somebody at a young age so that they can understand it as they get older how their body really works, I'm finding that that is kind of the new trend and the new age. And, you know, we as parents and coaches sometimes think these kids can't handle this or can't handle that. I would disagree. Now, is a kid at a young age going to understand all the things you're telling him? Probably not. Some will because some kids are just more mature and a little bit more intelligent at a younger age. But the reality of it is it's no different than anything else. If you start at a younger age just trying to help somebody understand something, it's not like you're going to tell them one day, hey, this is what we want you to do and this is how the body works. And then you're never going to tell it to them again. It's got to be like everything else. It's just constantly telling them, constantly showing them. And then in time, whether it's for some kids, it might be a year. Some kids, it might be five years. Some kids may never get it. But be that as it may, it's like anything else. We just kind of have to change how we look at our approach with kids. And that's why I love what you're doing, because you keep evolving. You know, you keep 
looking. And you and I just had this conversation the other day. The whole show is based on the, the quote that I always like to say. Coaches, if you're serious about this, you need to go get coached. And I know that's something you're really passionate about. Huge. Um, and, and that's where I've kind of come full circle. It is a great statement, great insight on it. Uh, and why I used to be the same as a lot of people, you know, oh, yeah, D- Jim, how's your son doing? Does he like it? Uh, yeah, he is. Oh, what age is he, Jim? Uh, you know, oh, he's uh, 9, 10. Okay, yeah, no problem. Let him enjoy the game. But what I've realized over the last couple of years of really diving into the throwing end of it and, and making it make sense was that every time I had a kid that came at 13 or 14 or had a few years under his belt, like you said, it took me a year to decompress them to then reload them on what they needed to do. So now I'm totally the opposite. When people ask me, when do you like looking at them? Hey, let's get them right out of the gate. Because right is right and wrong is wrong. And, and wrong is only bad. Wrong is only bad if you repeat it. But it can be good to learn, to feel it. So then when you start doing it correctly, like you said, and you can educate them and the coaches properly, or the parents as well, then it makes sense. It's not just somebody talking to you. You know, now I can make it fact. You could feel what I just did to you was incorrect. And now you understand why you have trouble throwing strikes if you're a pitcher, let's say, or throwing to second base if you're a catcher consistently. You know, now through feel, but understanding how to feel it and how to feel correctly and incorrectly, you can self-correct. When you can do that, that's, that's really empowering. And so, like I said, the reality of it is, Jim, we might, it might be the next generation of kids that become the best coaches, which obviously that's the goal in everything in life. But I, I say that so I don't get people really frustrated or, or scared as coaches that want to coach or parents that want to help coach. You know, hey, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Just be willing to learn and evolve yourself and understand that, hey, if you can do it better, let's do it better. Let me educate you on how to do it better. And once I break down that wall, it's, it's exciting. And, and I'm sure the same with Springer in that when he can break down those walls. You know, Chris Byrne and I talk about it all the time behind the scenes. I say, Chris, it's not just a matter of getting up and throwing it. We need to work on some real methodical videos so we can show people what we're talking about. You are an expert in rotational movement, and that's what you've done for 30 years. So you understand how the body works. I'm not going to overstep my bounds and talk in, in your place. So I need to get with you, and we need to create online videos that can show that. This is why you're doing that. This is why you're doing that. And then it evolves right into the actual art of throwing overall. And that's just on the throwing side of things. The same can be said with the hitting. You know, uh, I, I do always find it interesting. I, I, I do like the um, I do like the correlation that a lot of the, the, the guys that understand the, the body mechanics, I love it when they, they post the videos or the pictures showing how a lot of the movements in throwing and hitting are the same. And what is yep. the one thing, and, and again, I, you don't have to be a rocket scientist. You just have to love it and, like, pay a lot of attention, I think, and, and to have some understanding to realize that, you know, everything kind of starts from the ground up. But yet, at the same time, I would say, and, and Kirk, you, you jump in here at any time, I would say that from coaching years of youth baseball, kids and this is where the kids want to use the upper body more because it's what they feel like face it guys 
think about this. When you hold a baseball bat, where do you hold it? You hold it in your hands, right? When you hold a baseball, where do you hold it? You hold it in your hand. So when you're young, where, where do you feel it? You feel it in your upper body, right? I, I, I've always thought it interesting that, you know, the way we teach it isn't at a young age, isn't taken as serious as it is when they're older. But yet, and again, I'm not, I, I get it. Like, I'm not saying that we have to, that we want to put kids in a cage and make them mechanical and all this. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that at a young age, I think sometimes we just dismiss showing some, explaining and showing some very basic things that would allow kids to just do some functional movement stuff that they would understand the way the body really works versus what they feel. Now, I know that that, that may sound a little complicated, but I don't really think it is. Do you? No, it's not. Uh, you couldn't be more bang on. And I get it because, let's be honest, again, we, we see it all visually. So exactly, you hit the nail right on the head. We see the upper half swing part of it. We see the lower half engagement, the high step now, getting the body movement, the rotation, or whatever you want to go with. And then same thing with pitching, right? You see it coming out of the hand, so you see the upper body. You don't understand how the lower half started that whole process and created it. So you're, you're 100% right, Jim. We have to be able to talk that, and we have to be able to talk that way right from the beginning because then exactly right. Then we can sit there and say, hey, you know what, based on your size, and I mean height, you know, your stride length is going to be this. You can't compare yourself against somebody else. You can't be worried about this. You can't look at your legs and go, well, I'm a, I'm a giraffe or, or I'm a, a hippopotamus leg. That, you know, strength and power, or I'm, I'm sticking bones. And, and stuff. you can't get wrapped into that. And again, that, once you can educate them on that type of stuff, then it slows down the stress level and everything else and it makes it a fun journey to be a part of. And then, and that's why, again, I like to keep my parents involved so much because, let's be honest, as soon as that instruction or that game or that practice, whatever it is, development is done, they're in the car with those people. And then it's, you know, it's either a good conversation or it's a horrible conversation. Instead of just simply, hey, what did you enjoy today? What do you want to work on to get better next time? And leave it at that. Simple. Real proud of you. It was a great job out there. So that player, that kid is feeling good about it, and you can just keep evolving the process. But when you can understand, that's why when we, we, let, when we meet with guys, guys, we let them go for however long it is we're meeting with them, and we just let them be what they are presently. And so we can evaluate and see, do they throw a three-quarter? Do they throw over the top? Do they throw however? You know, there could be several changes we want to make, but we let them be themselves, and then we build off of that. Same with the hitting. We sit there and go, hell, we know there's so many philosophies out there, and every one of them has their, has their correct points in it. You know, it's just the reality that everybody's had success in the variety of swings and the, and the setups, the stances, the motions, and everything else that we've seen over the history of the game. But let the player find themselves. I sit there and I always have fun with the parents. I say, when when little Johnny is, is first born and you go to Toys R Us for the plastic bat and the uh, tee and the ball, you know, nobody stands up there and stands over his or her shoulder and says, you know, do it this way. We sit in our lawn chairs, maybe grandma and grandpa there, it's a family picnic, who knows what it is. And they just figure it out. They figure it out. They make mistakes and they figure it out. And they get it. 
but nobody stands up. And then all of a sudden you get this one thing. Hey, Jim, your kid's pretty good. Oh my God, my kid's pretty good. I better get doing this and this and this and this. And then all of a sudden we're in there and we're overloading them with so much information because, well, Jim's paying me. So he's looking at me. So I better really sound good with a bunch of fancy terminology and buzzwords. But poor Johnny's got 50 million things in his head. Now he's got to try to remember instead of just remember and be yourself And then we'll slowly build off of that. We'll slowly educate you to learn who you are, how you're playing, and this is where you want to go. We'll set those goals and stuff. And then that way, exactly, I can also learn how they learn. And I got a plan to build that program with them based on their learning ability. And that's powerful. And that's the big thing that needs to get changed. Like I said before, Jim, is, and I get that means we got to take that much more time learning that and identifying that, but it's worth it. It's worth it. You know, I, I look at like, so that whole thing about parents and being involved and, and I know that we as, uh, we as coaches or trainers, whatever term you want to use for, for that, uh, for that topic, depending on like how it affects you, right? Like I get why sometimes, and I've seen it, we've all seen it, right? It, it, it can get really ugly, but you get, you get trainers or coaches sometimes that say, hey, you know, parents, it's better if you're not around, just go out there, do this, do that. I understand that, but at the same time, you know, I, I'm becoming more on the side of why not embrace them being around and let's try to help parents understand what their role in all this is. And, you know, I've always said that, um, that if, and I, and I hope to, and you know, that's my, my goal. If, if I'm involved in a program built from scratch, uh, my main goal would be to, to what's the word I'm looking for here? My main goal would be to develop a program that's different to where not only would we change how we do the things we do, we would change how they're perceived. And I think if we let parents know at a young age, I know what you think is right, but this is what's really right. And again, I, I'm not saying anything's perfect, okay? I'm talking about expectations and, and what's more important than other things. Now, that's not going to change for some people. Some people are never going to buy that developing your kid's more important than winning. They're just not built that way. Some people can't handle it. Some people want to sit here and say, well, I, 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 you know, they'll make the excuse, well, my kid is being developed and winning. Okay, I, I, okay, that's fine. And listen, I'm not even saying some aren't. That's not my point here. My point here is, is that I really believe that if you had a program that started people from a young age and said, this is how we do what we do, this is why we do what we do, and we want you to come along for the journey and be a part of it because at the end of the day, let's face it, how many hours a week does a, does a baseball program that trains young kids, how many hours a week do they really probably have their hands on these kids? You know, That's right. okay. You know. Who's with them the majority of the time? The parents, especially at a young you age, right? It. Especially at a young age. So who has a ton of influence over them? The, I guarantee <laughs> you, the parents do. Now, here's the issue that, as I see it, sometimes, sometimes parents and coaches or trainers aren't in lockstep. They get a different message. We got to be on the same page here, folks. So. If you don't want to educate the parents and you don't want to educate the people that are coaching these kids and you're a trainer, and then you have issues with them, well, whose fault is that ultimately at the end of the day? I, I, you know, I've helped kids with, with what I can, 
I mean, I'm not as good as a Rick Strickland or a Justin Stone. I'm a basic guy that can help understand how to swing a bit. But I tell the parents all the time, please stay. I, I, you need to know what he struggles with on a daily basis. You need to know what he should be doing at home. I've told a thousand kids. I told every kid I've ever had on my team, if you think you're going to get better coming to practice once or twice a week and you're not going to work on this a little bit at home, well, then I don't know what to tell you. And I'm not saying go home and don't be a kid and don't do your homework and don't do all this, but I promise you, you got a little bit of time each day to dedicate to something that you supposedly love so much. That's all. With what you just said is exactly how I'm building and exactly why I stepped down from doing what I was doing. It was caught in the rat race of exactly what you talked about. Just we were another generation being recycled. And I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. I get that it's frustrating with mom and dad there sometimes. I get that part of it. But you hit the nail on the head. They're still with them the most time. The other part is, whether you like it or not, they are paying the money to invest in this as well. So that means they're going to work every day. They're pounding the pavement. So just have an agreement with them and set it up properly. Like you had said, you do with your people. That's what we do. You know, hey, we want you to be a part of it, but we want you to enjoy this journey. And we want you to, when you're feeling stressed, talk to us so we can help you as much as a kid. Because now we're really going to be able to develop and pay it forward. I just talked to a guy the other day, um, real good baseball guy out west, and he said, that I've been talking to him for the last two and a half months, he says, what you're doing is amazing because it's really, you've got me thinking now, you just said the same thing, Jim. We don't have a grassroots program like that. Nobody wants to do that. And I said, it's never going to change until we do start doing it that way, until we do affiliate with like-minded people and we stay committed to it and understand when you enjoy the journey because you're right. The other way, you take them to an instructor, he has them for an hour or whatever it is. I'm not saying it's not great, and you're not saying that, but it's unsustainable. It is unsustainable because they're never going to get inside their head to really make them understand what it is and why they're doing it, as well as mom and dad or the coach. And so that's why I finally branched away and said, I'm, I'm going to this because I know I've talked with Jim, I've talked with great people, and they get it and they understand. They're going, yeah, we do need this movement. We do need this type of a thing going on. So that's what we're trying to create and do it. And it's, it's really empowering. I encourage you. Here's something that I'm really doing, Jim. And I encourage you, hopefully the listeners really pay attention to this and open their mind to this. My instructors now, my, my co-workers on this whole journey and this movement with me with their Bag Base Foundation is young kids, 22 and under. So, yes, they don't have any coaching. But you know what the great thing is, Jim? I'm using them and I'm promoting them because they're the best ones available. And, and they're the right ones available. Not that the, I shouldn't say the best ones. They're the right ones available. Because they're coming out of that exact scenario that you talked about. They have gone through highs and lows, but also the positives of coaching properly and the negatives. And the great thing is they don't have a filter in the fact of a worry about saying the right things. They say the honest things. I encourage you to go ahead. If you want to have them on your baseball talk over the next couple of weeks, I'll give you their names, and you can talk, and it's an unbiased, unbridled passion for paying the game forward based on their recent history of, of playing, and they still are playing. 
it's amazing to step back and watch them learn to speak properly and do things, but be bluntly honest and watch the parents. They can tell the positives of the programs they've been, and they also know the negatives of it. And what the negatives are, exactly what you said. We were yelled at, we were told to do this, or we were called out or ridiculed, or sometimes we'd get praised or whatever it was. Or, exactly, I could hit a ball pretty good, and then I have five guys standing over me telling me how to hit this way, hit this way, hit this way, hit this way. I didn't have a clue how to hit anymore. And until we can get those type of people involved and let them actually be comfortable and be honest, it's, it's a tough hill to climb. Well, because, again, as adults, we, we, we do have a filter, and we're kind of like, oh, boy, should I push that envelope? Should I push that envelope? Well, I am pushing that envelope now. Not because I don't want people to like me or, or like me, but because it's honest. And that's where you are, and that's why I like the youth baseball talk so much and being a part of it. You know what's awesome about what you just said? I, I, love, that, I love that because here's the thing. I promise you, if if you got a or t- take an organization that had however many kids, however many teams, and you st- had players that recently had left the program and now had moved on to whether it be it could be anywhere from college baseball to professional baseball to unfortunately maybe they just didn't want to play anymore. If you yep. put those kids up there and said, "Hey, t- tell tell our parents a little bit about your experience and what you remember," the hard part is most of them would have a hard time being honest. My own kids have had a hard time being honest with me in the past. And I've said all, all along that this was the reason I started the show, because I realized I was doing some things really wrong. And I never, ever said, now I'm perfect. I never said that. I, I, I said I was better. I'm not perfect. I'm still not. I mean, I, I'm not even coaching anymore. And I still, and I take my son over so that he can do his stuff, and I still break some of, my, some of the rules. I promise you I do. And I'm trying to be better every time. And I am better, but I'm never going to be perfect. And it's because I'm his dad. And I, it's the, the number one thing in this whole deal. And I promise you, I promise everybody listening out here, the number one reason is that we really think we're helping. The things that we do wrong in this whole scenario, I promise you, is because we think we're helping. Now, think about that for a minute, what I just said. When... When Johnny's in the cage with their hitting instructor and he spends 30 minutes with him in there and we just have to try to get his attention and say something to him because we see something that, of course, that we think the hitting instructor doesn't see. How many of you out there, raise your hand, have went <clears throat> or, <clears throat> or gave him a, a sound hoping they would turn and look at you and made a gesture of what you want to say to him and you got the finger? Like, I got it. Let me tell you, if you haven't yet, you will. And here's the thing. You're probably going to put them in a car and say, don't you ever do that to me. Okay? Look in the mirror. Look in the mirror. Okay? That is not your son being disrespectful to you as a parent. That is your son wanting to do this. And you should be glad that he wants to do it. That's the thing. This isn't about being disrespectful to parents. That's not what this is. This is about at some juncture in every young man's life, you have to let them do it. You can't do everything for them their whole life. I say it all the time. I do not want the first big decision my kid has to make something that's life-threatening. I'd like it to be on a baseball field where, let's face it, it's just baseball. 
or or whatever. Insert any sport you want, right? Insert any sport you want, but it doesn't matter. Sooner or later, you have to let them fail on their own. I know for a fact that the majority of the parents listening to this show, if you're old enough, the majority of us learned how to do what we did, whether we were any good or, or, or at it or not is up for debate, right? But I guarantee you, we learned by trial and error. I learned at a young age how I could hit the ball harder. Now, I'm not even saying it was right, but I knew this. Th- when I did this, it made me hit the ball farther. Uh, when I did this, I had more success. When I threw it like this, I threw it harder. And let me tell you another thing I did as a young kid. I looked around and watched other people because no, I don't want to be I, – I, 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 I want to have s- success. So we don't give the kids enough credit. And that's why, like I said, I love what you're doing because, let's face it, at the end of the day, the one thing I think we can really help them with, and I'm not saying we can't help them physically because that's what a lot of people are really good at. And, again, I don't think we give kids enough credit for trying to help them understand how their body works. And, and again, starting at a young age is not a bad thing because I can promise you, if you just start explaining to kids at a young age, believe it or not, you throw this ball and you hit this ball with, with your core and your, your lower half really helps a lot. Just them knowing that's going to help, but I promise you, if you can help people understand the mental side of this thing, man, it really helps them. Well, and your whole statement there was bang on, again, because our steps are basically we're going to develop you mentally to understand what the body needs to do and how to feel correctly. But just in line with that, where you started out that last sentence, or statement, I should say, sorry, is then we teach you how to have a voice and how to use it properly. And because exactly right now, you can sit there and you'll be able to communicate with every coach, whether you like them or not, your parents, whether you like them or not, and everything else. So it's those life skills, your teachers at school. You're going to also be able to understand whether they can bring value to you and be a strong part of your network or they're not a strong part of your network. It doesn't allow you to be ignorant to them. That's a wasted that's a waste of time to do that. Just now you can understand who's a positive in your life and who's a negative in your life, not only in baseball, but it's gonna be through baseball because we're doing that. So that's that's the goal with it. And that's why I, I put the nation part on dirtbag because this can be anywhere in the world. I want you to wear a Dirtbag Baseball Nation t-shirt. I want you to wear your team colors. I want you to wear it underneath. If you're purple, get a purple one. If you're blue, get a blue one. If you're red, whatever. I want them to be a part of the nation wherever they are. So then they understand when they see you. If I walk down the street in St. Louis and I happen to see Jim Cromer, and I don't even know Jim Cromer, and he's wearing a Dirtbag Baseball Nation shirt or some type of apparel, it's almost like the cheap (laughs) of the back tire on the Jeep. It's a Jeep thing. Well, it's a dirtbag thing. You're going to have integrity, honor, commitment, teamwork, life skills that are going to be held accountable. And so when I see you out on that field playing against me, I know we're going to go at her. We're going to go at her hard. But, man, we're going to have fun doing it. And as soon as the game is done, now we're going to shake our hands. But you're also going to be able to respect the fact that if I know how to do that and I see you maybe not succeeding, out there on that field, maybe I'm going to give you a tip. Say, hey, Jim, you know what? I saw you missing out on the, uh, you know, you're, you're dragging the arm. Or whatever it is, whatever little scenario. But on the flip side of that, I don't care whether I'm on my team or your team, 
and you're playing against me or with me, but I see that kid across the field make that great play. Why, why is it so hard to just sit there and say, my God, son, that was a great play. My, my God, you know, whether it's a girl in fastball, that was a phenomenal play. Thank you for letting me be a part of that today. That was awesome play there. You know, and that's, that's the whole part of it. It's just, you know what, we can do so much powerful, or so many powerful things with it. And then get back to that grassroots great thing, you know, working with guys like yourself, working with the guys that you have on the show, but also including the kids to be voices. And I would recommend that to you. I know that's a hard thing, Jim, to, to be able to find and stuff that kids are usually in school or whatever it is. But if you can branch out, like you said, or like I said as well, you'd be amazed at the conversations you'd probably have. And the enlightenment for your for your parent listeners out there, as well as those other players that might be listening to you baseball talk and sit there and say, wow, I'm going through the same thing that kid went through. Man, that just told me that segment. That guy was powerful. He did that. And that's what I'm, I'm bringing those guys in because I want to get them out there. I want to get them empowered so they're leading a great generation next time on baseball. You know, they, is everybody going to like them? Not a chance. That's the way reality of the world. But I, like I always say, I can sleep comfortably at the end of every day because, hey, I was honest, I was forthcoming, and I tried to do everything that I could. Well, I can promise you that, uh, you know, people hear me each week talk about, you know, what a great choice the rope trainer made in, in having you be their spokesman for the show. Um, anybody that just listened to our interview now knows your passion, knows your the seriousness and, 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 and to what level you're willing to take it all in an effort to make sure that, that we're trying. And again, we're trying to do this thing the right way. So you know, I appreciate you coming on. I know our listeners are going to hear from you here in just a second with your weekly rope report, but man, uh, you know, I love having you on every, like I said, I, I, you know, like right now, and I mean that, you know, I'm ready to go. Like my kids at school. And if he called me and said, can we go hit, uh, we'd go hit, or can we go field or throw, I'd be ready to go. Cause Again, just talking to you, being around you, and that it just makes you want to go to work. So the people that have an opportunity to work with you up where you're at, and I know you, you know you're you're expanding what you're doing. Um, you know they're they're going to be better for it, and you know I look forward to your continued success and having you on from time to time just to let us know what you're doing and what's new with you. I know you and I are talking about doing some more stuff together, and listen, you know anything I'm doing, if you want to be a part of it, man, you're always welcome. I can't thank you enough, for sure. And just for all the listeners, I mean, hey, if you want me, you want my advice, by all means, reach out to me and contact me. I, I mean, I'll go anywhere and, and work with anybody in my team well as well. We're just passionate about baseball and passionate about getting back to the sanity and, and making this game fun through exactly a, a good developed program based on a lot of experience and stuff like that. Um, and that's the type of things that I'm affiliating with. You know, uh, those type of people are, are like-minded, and that's why I have them affiliated. And I'm honored that they will affiliate with me and let me be a part of what they're doing as well because they're tried, tested, and true, yes. And they're credible, yes, but they're passionate about it. And, and it's fun to be a part of that. And, I mean, I encourage people, reach out to me and have that conversation just like you and I did right now, Jeff. And, and, you know, we'll move forward from there. On a side note, just before we do uh, take off, I do want to wish you a happy belated birthday as well. 
Oh, geez. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I always say there's no birthdays after 25. I'm not quite sure what the benefits are. You know, once you once you uh, you know, once you can uh, drive a car, uh, once you can have a legal beverage, uh, once you can uh, save a little money on your car insurance, I'm not quite sure why we celebrate birthdays after that. But uh, but I appreciate you know it. Why? I, well, no, I, I do. You I want to know. I don't know. You sell, you celebrate for exactly what we're talking about. If, if you're on a parent listening right now, you celebrate because you have one extra year of being able to live with your children, no matter how good or bad it was. You had one more year, and that's why you had them in the first place. You had one more year to spend with your parents if they're still alive, and and just enjoy it, and and then take a just a relaxed look at the world and the, and the opportunity that we get to live in it, and don't look at the negatives. I mean, be aware of the negatives. But find people and surround yourself with positives and, and good networking and, and people that, you know what, are going to motivate you each and every day. So, you know, your, your kid's playing college ball right now, Jim. That's, that's awesome, man. You get, to, you get to be around to see that. So that's, that's the benefit of a birthday. See, man. See, everybody. See what I told you. Doesn't this guy make you want to go run through a brick wall? I'll tell you. You're something else. You make me feel 25, buddy. So, yeah, I'll take the happy birthday wishes because I do. I feel I feel a lot younger today, so thank you so much, man. Well, I, I appreciate you. Uh, tell our listeners real quick before you go if they want to be able to, you know, kind of follow along dirtbag uh, baseball. What, what's the yeah. best way for them to do so? Yeah, perfect. We'll uh, go right to uh, www.dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Um, we're just getting the website started and stuff like that, so it's generic now. We're going to improve it a lot uh, over the next little time or next uh, couple of months and stuff. But uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. Or uh, sorry, at, at dirtbagbaseballnation. And you know. By all means, you, you can call me directly. It's on the website. Uh, reach out to me. Send me an email, however you want to do it. Uh, that's what we're in the business for, is making this this game enjoyable for everybody, from players right through to the parents, and creating a little bit of sanity and passion and love. Well, I'll tell you what, man. Great stuff. I greatly appreciate you coming on. And, again, you're welcome anytime. And, I, like I said, I, I know you and I, you know, I know we're teasing a little bit here some stuff, but I know we're talking about doing some more stuff together and an opportunity to, to share. So, again, thank you so much for coming on. I look forward to, uh, to hearing your segment this week, um, and, and all of our listeners will as well. So uh, you take care of yourself. Stay warm. Uh, get your snowshoes on. I know it's about that time of year for you guys up there. And, uh, and we will talk soon, my friend. Good. Sounds good, Jim. Thanks a lot. And yeah, I'm on the ice uh, roughing hockey tonight. So there you go. <laughs> All right, my friend. Take care, everybody. Thanks for having me. That is Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. And I'm going to roll right into it um, because, again, he makes me want to roll. So uh, each and every week, he brings you the rope report uh, brought to you by the ropetrainer.com. Again, as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to the little leaguers. So uh, we want you to be able to understand kind of you know, it, how to incorporate the rope trainer and what you're doing, why the rope trainer, why are some of the best influencers using the rope trainer? They couldn't have picked a better guy, as you just heard, and Kurt McNabb to bring it to you. So let's take a moment here and send it on over to our uh, to our segment with Kurt McNabb, The Rope Report, brought to you by The Rope Trainer. Hey, Dirtbags, how about those Dodgers and Astros with those fantastic starting performances from the pitchers in the first two games? Unfortunately, the bullpen in game two wasn't quite as good, but let's be honest, Pretty hard to keep that entire group of hitters down. They're just way too good on both teams. I can't wait to see what happens in tonight's game, as well as the rest of the series. Now, you'll remember a few weeks back on the Rope Report, I told you that the team at the Rope Trainer was having some more data collected. Well, the results are in, 
and I'm not surprised by what they found. I'm very happy to share the findings with you now. The testing was done by Preston Peavy of Peavy Baseball Systems out of Atlanta. Peavy Baseball Systems is a leading high-tech baseball training and analysis company who use the Interversion and Timeline Training System, which is a pro-level baseball-specific motion catcher system to study three players aged 13, 16, and 23 who had varying degrees of skill level and baseball training background over a two-month period. This system used high-speed and pro-motion analysis with kinetics collections to track each player's throwing repetitions during this research. The players were tracked using a baseball, the towel drill, and the rope trainer. Data was then evaluated and compared against each other in the overall or in the following areas. Arm stress, arm speed, hand, elbow, and shoulder alignment, and their overall mechanics. The overall results showed that the rope trainer was superior overall to both the towel drill as well as to standard baseball throwing drills. Here's some of PB Baseball Systems' key findings. They found that there was lower stress during warm-up using the rope trainer. The rope created a, pronated, a better pronated hand position, which is a huge plus that results in less stress being created on the elbow area. The rope involves the use of muscles in the hand because of the patented tether or rope attachments. This creates resistance, which forces the muscles to activate. Greater hand strength will lead to more velocity and the ability to throw off-speed pitches more effectively. Every player's arm speed was much higher using the rope. The player's elbow and arm slot stayed consistently higher, creating a more overhand throw, proving they had better hand, elbow, and shoulder alignment throughout the throwing motion. The rope also created drastically better extension, follow-through, and downhill motion. They found that with the 13-year-old, it increased his extension or release point by 6 inches, and the older players by up to one complete foot when they use the rope trainer. Think about this. That is unbelievable. Better extension, the release point is closer to the target, and also creates more visual velocity. Harder for the hitter to pick it up with less time to read it. Coach PB himself reported that the overall data was clear. The rope trainer was a superior training tool that improves throwing mechanics and decreases arm stress. Well, dirtbags, there you have it. It's always nice to have proven data to back up what I've been preaching for the last five and a half months here on the Rope Report about why I believe the rope trainer is a must-have part of your everyday throwing program, whether you're an eight-year-old, in Little League, high school, college, and even the pros. My list of reasons could go on and on. But it's not just me who believes in the rope trainer. Professional trainer to many pro athletes, including John Smoltz, and my good friend Chris Verna, has said to me point blank, if a player can learn to properly use all of the big and small muscles in their entire body to generate arm speed while placing less stress on the arm throughout the initiation of the throwing motion to acceleration 
all the way through deceleration, they will reduce the chance of injury. That's why he believes the rope trainer can provide this development training for all players and all skill levels. Now that you've heard the results, it's your choice. You can continue to pay countless dollars for pitching lessons that might train you properly or could also train you completely wrong, as I've talked about before. Or you can truly, truly, truly invest in yourself or your child with a training aid that's being tested and proven using an actual pro-level data collection system. Plus the fact that it will cost you the same price as one private lesson but you're going to be able to use it the rest of your baseball career. The rope never lies to you. It will coach you, but without filling your head with a million different things to remember. And it helps teach you how to learn to feel proper and improper mechanics. You know that I will not promote or affiliate with anyone or any product that is not Dirtbag Baseball Nation worthy. So if you have a rope trainer already, you can continue to trust it 100%. And if you don't have one yet, you can go to www.perfectpitchandthrow.com. Again, that's www.perfectpitchandthrow.com. Make sure to enter the word dirtbag5, dirtbag and the number 5, at checkout so that we know you heard about it here on the Rope Report. Remember, please tell your friends, players, and teammates about Dirtbag Baseball Nation, The Rope Trainer, and The Rope Report on Youth Baseball Talk. Two, send your questions to us at info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com, or you can contact me directly by phone at 519-836-836. 6369 to discuss all things throwing related. Three, if you haven't already, please go to at Dirtbag Baseball Nation. That's at Dirtbag Baseball Nation on Facebook and Instagram and follow us to keep up to date. Thanks as always for having me, Jim, and thanks to Earl and the team at the Rope Trainer. I'm Kirk McNabb, and until next week, Dirtbags, enjoy the rest of the World Series. And if you are still playing, then play hard, coach hard, cheer hard, and remember, let's get dirty. Again, great stuff as always from Kurt McNabb. And, uh, you know, really, I, it's if you need anything more, just listen to the passion in his voice. Uh, again, the, the, the knowledge and the education are all there. Uh, the one thing you're going to get with him is, I promise you, you're going to get a guy that is dedicating himself away from what you see to making himself better. I always say the best coaches and the best trainers are the ones that are getting better when you're not there. They are somewhere, somehow, someway getting better. So, again, the the guys, Chris Verner, Earl Perrin, John Smoltz, all top flight guys, but they picked a winner with Kurt McNabb mm-hmm. in the Rope Report. All right, another guy that I'm fortunate to bring you each and every week on the show um, is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv for his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. I do want to take a moment and uh, and share my extreme sympathy with Justin Stone. He lost his mother. Um, for those of you that are friends with Justin, I, he's very well known throughout the, the world, much less this this country. He's known as one of the best baseball guys, no doubt about it. He's a lot like Kirk. He's passionate. He's confident. 
He cares about what he does. He takes it very serious. I've enjoyed my conversations as I've gotten to know Justin over time. I can tell you that some of the best conversations is listening to him over the years tell me about his mom. Very, you know, the, the it, moms sometimes, I'm not going to say get a bad rap, but they don't get any rap. Typically, baseball we think of as a father-son thing. And, and, and you know, and not that, not that that didn't exist too, but Justin's mom played a huge influence in his life. He talks all the time about she threw him batting practice anytime he wanted. She would, she would get on him. She taught him the value of working hard and, and going after what he wants. And, you know, um, she was a fighter. You know, he's, you know, there's been some things over the last few years since I've known Justin where, you know, we thought this time was coming sooner and she just wanted to fight and, you know, you know, God bless her and God bless Justin Stone. He's a great man that has helped a lot of kids achieve their dreams and, and really just become what they want to be. Uh, we need more Justin Stones in the world, and our sympathy here at Youth Baseball Talk goes out to Justin and his, and his mother. So, um, again, uh, Justin, I, don't, I, I, I know you're probably listening as you do each and every week. Everybody here at Youth Baseball Talk and everybody associated with, it, associated with the show, extremely sorry for your loss. You know your mom's in a great place. You'll always have your memories with baseball and mom, and uh, the being that that's your life, you'll get to think about her every day and the influence she had over you. With that being said, let's go now to Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with the EliteBaseball.tv tip of the week. And as the World Series begins this week, I want to talk about a couple of players that you're going to see featured on either team, the most successful players for the Houston Astros, Los Angeles Dodgers, Jose Altuve, and Clayton Kershaw. Now, what do these players have in common, and how are we tying this in today's, today's show? And I want to talk about the preconceived notion that we have with youth players on so many things are surrounded by strength, size, sometimes ability, and oftentimes the youngest of players get put in their mind that they can't do something. Jose Altuve is a great example of this. A player that's five foot six, weighs a hundred and something pounds, doesn't look like if he walked through the grocery store one day that you would pick him out as being a big league baseball player. But for his entire career, as everybody that told him no, he still believed yes. But that doesn't happen for a lot of our youth athletes. And who is it for us as a parent or a coach to tell a youth player they can't do anything in life? So what we want to do is make sure we're encouraging every aspect of a youth player's dreams. Everything that they want to chase down in life or in sports. I had this example in my own household, just to give you a father-daughter example. My daughter, five years old, came home the other day and has a little boyfriend that was going to wrestling class and said, Daddy, I want to go to wrestling class too. I want to try this. And I said, absolutely. Head off there. When she got home that night, and I didn't go to the class to watch her, she came home and she said, well, I was the only girl in the class. And I said, so what? I said, how'd you do? She goes, well, I did really good, and I can't wait to go back. That's the type of encouragement we need with our youth athletes. Set them up to have success and have fun in anything they're doing, and the sky is the limit. Is she going to be a high school wrestler one day? Probably not. But if she's having fun with it, we want to encourage them to do so. And let's take the handcuffs off on so many things in life, society, and certainly youth sports that we're told we're not good enough. We can't do. And then there's an answer, you can't do this because why? Jose Altuve in the World Series this week is going to show you that why and why he can. Clayton Kershaw on the other side, celebrating the little victories that we have every day in practice and in competition. The most dominant pitcher in our game today making his first trip to the World Series. And you never know if he's going to get back. You know, you have a player this dominant, at any point he could get injured, and this could be his last shot. It's something that's at the pinnacle of his profession. But 
although our, most of our players are not going to get a World Series opportunity, celebrate the small little victories on the journey. Because that really what is what makes up your character as an athlete and who you're going to be one day. Clayton Kershaw has put himself in this position of all the small steps that he made along the way as a high school player, venturing through the draft, making it through the minor league system and the grind of that, and of course being a top pitcher year after year and winning Cy, Ward, Cy Young awards as well as all-star appearances. But if you asked him, he would trade all of those, I'm certain, in a moment for a World Series ring. Now, all of those steps build up that journey to get him to where he is today, just like in the cage, the amount of failure that a player has is the same thing that Clayton Kershaw has gone through. We see the successes, we talk about them, but you don't see the everyday failures that that player has too. And I told you that last week in our podcast of how hard this game is. Hitting is hard. Pitching is hard. And although you see the limelight of what we're at now in the, the World Series, the obstacles and the journey that these players have made also mean they have to overcome quite a bit too. So celebrating the small victories that you have of an improvement of maybe one area of your swing that day. And I had, I told you, the 13-year-old that was in tears a couple weeks ago because he wanted to make sure he was squaring up every ball. And when he you know, missed a couple out of five, you get the crocodile tears in your eyes. I said, hey, you know, one of my favorite jobs of getting to work around professional athletes at a younger point in my career, I would get to watch them prepare. And I was silent. I shut up and I just watched. And I could get to the park early, and I watched how Alex Rodriguez prepared the pinnacle of his career. I watched how Ichiro prepared the pinnacle of his career. And I used those two guys as examples. I said, you know what? They popped up balls straight up in the cage. They rolled over balls through the pull side off of the tee. It happens to the very best athletes, too. So for the level of expectation to think that we're going to do something perfect every time, that's not realistic in this journey. The pros have just as many failures, if not more, than they do successes. But it makes us celebrate and appreciate those little victories just a little bit more. So that's what we're going to see this week as you get out and watch the World Series. Celebrate your victories this week as, as well. Get better at one little thing and take one more step in the journey. Until next week, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff, Justin. Really appreciate it. And again, sorry for your loss. And um, again, you'll always have memories of mom, as we all do. If, if you've lost your mother or your father, you know what that's like. And, you know, it's never great. But the memories that we have, uh, they're what sustain us and they're what keep us going. And, 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 you know, you share those then down through the years. I'm sure a guy like Justin Stone has probably found himself helping some kid the same way his mom helped him when he was younger. So you'll always have that, Justin. Take care, my friend. That's going to do it for this week's edition. I want to remind everybody one last time, check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. It's where you can subscribe to the show, listen to back episodes. Uh, please do that. Find us on our social media sites, at Podcast Baseball on Twitter. Like it, share our stuff around. We'd greatly appreciate it. Find us on Facebook, more importantly, Youth Baseball Talk. That is our Facebook page. Our ask there is that you like our page. When you, it, you know, If you would follow us on that page, uh, there's a little notification thing you can do on there that when we put out the new show, you'll get it on your Facebook, uh, Facebook feed. We love it if you'd share it around. We're figuring that if you're on a baseball team, you're probably friends with multiple parents and, and other trainers and things like that. So if you could share it around, it would help us reach more people. Uh, find us on Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk. Thanks again to lineupmedia.fm. Couldn't do the show without them. They're the fastest-growing podcast company on the planet. They take your entertainment time extremely seriously. Check them out. 
I guarantee you'll find another podcast. Special thanks once again to my guest, Kurt McNabb. Again, you hear him each and every week here with the Rope Report, but when I get the opportunity to spend 20 or 30 minutes talking baseball with him, I know I feel better about it. I know you probably do as well. Make sure you check out the Dirtbag Baseball Nation. You will be better for it. For all the gang here at Youth Baseball Talk, we'll see you guys on the field. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.